Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, Raising Rebels family. Um, This is the last episode of the season. Um, No worries. I've already started recording season five. Um, And I want to just start with some gratitudes. Um, I am... So grateful to Marcelino and Randy who have edited this season of the podcast. I am grateful to all of the guests that came on and shared and were so vulnerable. Um, Super grateful to my three children who have allowed me to share some of their stories. And I am especially grateful to all of you listeners who have beard witness to my growth, to my thinking, to my wondering, to my um, questioning, to my mistakes, to my, um, just like my vulnerability, my, my stories. It is such a gift to be seen and to be heard. So today, um, I'm kind of taking a step back and this episode will be hosted by the wonderful Blue and my daughter and I'm in the hot seat. So um, I hope you enjoy and uh, luckily we'll get to hear some more gratitudes for the season of Raising Rebels sprinkled throughout the episode. Um, All the things, all the things. So. What is one trait that you had as a child that you wish your children got to be around more often? Um, this is before the recollection? Are you redoing a recollection? No, oh, this is the pre-question question. Or do you want to do... That feels like a real question question. That doesn't feel <laughs> pre at all. That feels like deep in the... In you that. know how we go. This I'm, is just how we are. We are... All right, are we doing recollections? Mm, okay. The only thing, if we do a recollection, you're going to have to do one too. So maybe you don't want to do it. I can do a recollection. I'm prepared. I'm Blue Radway, and this is Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising three children. Today, I am with my mom, Lolika. Say hi to the people, mom. Hello, 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 hello. Okay, we like to begin the podcast with one word to describe how you're feeling. I'm feeling proud. I'm feeling really, like, proud. This is, like, wow. My boo. I'm feeling, I'm, like, really, I'm nervous-sided. The word I want to use is nervous-sided because I'm, like, nervous, but I'm trying to be, like, kind of optimistic and, like, calm. Okay. I'm going to say nervous-sided. I'm trying to balance the two things out. Okay. Well, you got me. I'm here with you. Yes. We're doing it together. We're doing this together. (laughs) And it's going to be Great. Yes. So, because we can said so. You, can you tell the people a bit about yourself? Oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> um, what do I want to say about myself? I am um I'm an artist. I am constantly creating worlds in my mind and starting to like 
put those worlds on paper and film and all kinds of things. Um, I am a mother and I think like right now, I'm a writer, I'm a lot of different things. Um, right now I'm really focused on, um, children's liberation and like really investigating, I'm like in a deep, deep, deep study of like adult supremacy and ways in which I am engaging in adult supremacy. Like that's like a lot of my, my work and like what I'm doing right now. I'm a lot of fun. I'm a Libra. Um, middle child. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm, yeah, all the things. Tell us about your children. Um, okay. Uh, I have three lovely children. Um, the oldest is Blue. Um, she is ambitious and expanding. She is like kind of like in that space of I don't know was was like when you're like on the precipice of adulthood where you're like checking it out, giving it the side eye, trying to figure out where you land in all of it. Um, she's amazing, all the most wonderful things ever. Um, then I have a son. His name is Moxie. Uh, he is. I was thinking a word that was think is so um moves with so much intention. Like he's a very purposeful person. Like just like really purposeful. Nothing is an accident. Nothing just happens. Everything is like purposeful. Um and then Glory, who is right now upstairs crafting and building. It's interesting. I was looking at like some artwork from of glories when she was seven with like a lot of putting different pieces of fabric and wood and like a lot of collaging but like three-dimensional kind of collaging um she's an artist and she's very like clear she's a very clear person like you know where she stands and i really appreciate that about her okay what is your favorite place to take your children? <laughs> That's interesting. What is my favorite place to take my children? Hmm. This is a hard question, but not because it's a hard question. Just because, like, I don't, I really like to be home with them. What is my favorite place? On a walk. I really like... This is a good reminder because we haven't done one in a long time. I really like going on walks with you guys. Like, just, like no destination in mind really like we're coming we're, we're, where we're going is home but we might like we're gonna go out the house to get back to home I really like that I like not having to get in a car not having to get on a bike not having to like prepare anything just like let's go for a walk I love that mm -hmm. let's go for a walk we did a lot day. of night walks yeah like maybe we should do a night walk because no one could be anywhere during the day yeah so how about you do a recollection <laughs> what is your youngest memory of trying to hide something oh shit um hmm. oh my god I don't know if I told this story on the um I don't know if I've ever told this story in podcast 
but um, it's what's coming to my mind right now. When I was about eight years old, I got a diary. Um, you know, like one of the, I don't know if you know, but like when I think I've definitely given you these things, but like a diary that has like a little lock on it and you have your own key and all this kind of thing. And, um, I remember, um, I would like write like my deepest thoughts in that like diary, like whatever I was thinking, whatever I was like feeling usually hard stuff um, about how I feel like I was being treated unfairly as a middle child. I remember specifically, I wrote this thing about feeling like I was Cinderella and I was being asked to do all the chores and all these things, so crazy. But that's how I felt at the time and I really wanted to hide it. And, um, or like, I don't, like it was just something I was hiding those feelings, but also feeling them and Grandma, my mother, um, she read it because that's who she is. Yes. And um, she told me about it, that she read it <laughs> at, at the kitchen table. I don't, don't want to know that. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. But anyway, that happened. But um, it's interesting because I was hiding those things, but I also wanted them to be seen. I wanted, I wanted, I wanted it to be known. But, yeah. Okay. So I'm having like a full, like, there's these moments where I'm like, dang, I'm turning into my mother. Because whenever I listen <laughs> to the podcast, you always go last. So okay. you're very often like, your memory triggered a memory in me. And that is exactly what just happened for me. Because the first thing I thought of was just like, I used to like go to the grocery store and get groceries for you and buy candy with a change. Right? And I was like, I was hiding it. Cause I really? It. I, I like threw the receipts away. <laughs> and then I would literally throw the receipts away in the corner. And then I remember like a couple years ago, you were like literally on the podcast. You were like, wait, you thought I didn't know about that? And I was like, what? My espionage was a lie. Mm. But what that, your memory made me think about mm. was when we were in the Bronx. And I think I was going through something emotionally, right? Mm -hmm. And I think... Like, it was, it was something along the lines of, like, survivor's guilt, right? Okay. So I was, like, re-examining what my, like, what I thought the world was, and it was, like, felt like the world was a lie, <laughs> and I was, right? Like, everything I was told was fake. Mm -hmm. But, so we went to Five and Below, because okay. that was, like, grandma, that's where grandma took us. Mm -hmm. Like, we went to Five and Below, mm -hmm. and Gloria's looking for toys, and I find a journal, Okay. It's a little, like, it's a purple journal with, like, you know, fabric cover. And I buy it. And I'm writing in it as we're going to Target. And my grandma, we park in the car. Like, we're driving. And grandma's like, like grandma's like, what are you writing no. in your journal? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to tell you what we're writing, what I'm writing in the journal. And she's like, you best tell me what you are writing in that journal now right and so the car parks and I'm like trying to like and I remember I didn't want to not tell her because I was embarrassed I didn't want to tell her because I knew she wouldn't get it and then uh -huh. she tried to explain what she didn't get back to me uh -huh. which is exactly what happened except uh -huh. the twist was Aunt Sine was in the car oh, with us no. right and so I have like 
my association with that memory is confusing for me because mm-hmm. on one hand, I'm like, it was a similar thing about my journal that I didn't like, I was hiding it, mm-hmm. but I did want people to see it. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I remember literally when I got the journal, I literally texted you, mom, I got a journal. You can read my journal, but you can never tell me that you read. I remember journal, that. Right? I remember that. I thought it was so, I was like, you're so, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so smart. Cause that is exactly what you want. Like yeah. I want it to be seen. I want to know that. These are the things I am feeling. Yeah, just, but I just want this, like, I want to imagine so that smart. this was a safe space. I want to, <laughs> I want to imagine that it's a safe space <laughs> so I can express myself yeah. the way I would in a safe space. But I also need people like this needs yeah. to sometimes, I feel like these things need to be shared. Yeah. Within me, right. So that was my first real, like, thing of, like, hiding something. Like, you want this thing to be hidden, but you also kind of want it off your chest. I gotta tell you, it was good for me, too, this idea of, like, there's no pressure to respond, but I know, um, which I really appreciated. Because you'd say stuff, and then, like, I don't have, like, oh, right, I can't say anything to you about this. So I just had to, like... Um sit with it yeah which is good as a parent i think it was it's a really good practice i sometimes tell my parents like parents i talk to i think i say that to them like it's really it would be really nice to have a way for your child to communicate their feelings and thoughts to you without the responsibility of having to like process it with you or like explain it to you. you or hold that with you but to know that you know i think is really nice hmm that was so fun look at this (laughs) all right you ready? Yes. Yes? Okay. Let's do it. I'm excited. I've been collecting these questions. Nice. And some of them are like hardballs. The hardballs are mostly my siblings because you know how they are. Mm-hmm. But let's start. Let's start simple-ish. Thank you. Simple-ish. Be nice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what is a way that you parent your kids that is different than the way your mom parented you? Just like one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to me because I find that the more I think about how I parent my kids, I see the similarities more than the differences. Um, I think that I'm willing to let my children lead in a way that I was not allowed to lead as a young person. You know, I think like, um, I guess I can expand more on that. Like, I think my mother listened to us and I think she trusted us and I think she really enjoyed us and I think she really valued us and all of those things. But outside pressures of like the world and expectations around like what it means to be you know, female, what, it, what you should be doing in school when you should go to church, like just like the outside societal pressures, I think she held that much more. I'm like much more willing to let all that go. Um, and I think that's like a difference, at least how I perceive it. I feel that. Okay. I've been with my grandma. Okay. okay. Next question. It's going to be fun. Yes, it's fun. Okay. How have you tried to guide your children around romantic relationships <laughs> and having romantic partners? I'm literally so curious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> Who wrote that? Moxie. That's a no, Moxie question. No. no here's what actually happened behind that question. Oh, my God. Is I asked Bremer for a question, and she wrote a question that was low-key out of pocket around the really romantic <laughs> relationships. Right? She was like, what is the appropriate age for dating? I'm like, I'm not saying that. I'm not asking that on the podcast. So I was like, let me rephrase what I want to know. Okay. Using this. Got it. Got it. Thank you. Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, hopefully not much in the sense of like, I think that I don't really have, I don't really, you know, I don't think of myself as a expert in that. Or not, like, I don't think of myself in, like, um, ask the question again. I'm sorry. <laughs> ask the question again. Wait, ask the question again. How have I tried to guide my children around romantic relationships? And romantic partners. Like and what? romantic partners. Um, I think my a lot of my guidance is around being a listening ear. Like, what, what are you feeling? Uh, a lot of it is affirming, like whatever you're feeling um, is like good and right and all those things. I think I'm very honest about my relationships, the one I'm in with your father, the one I'm, I've been in with other people, the one in my past answer. I'm like an open book. So like as much as I, I think to be so that I can be... Um, I just feel like there's information in there. You know, not it's not like a model of like, oh, go do this, but more of like, oh, this is a way, this is something that can happen. These are ways you're in relationship with people. This is like stuff like that. I'm really honest. Like when I think someone, like, first of all, you guys make really good decisions about the people you're in relationship with. Um, I think so. Like you have really, and I think that's a testament to like how you see, um, our parent, like how we treat each other, your your dad and I, and like, um, I think, yeah, I mean, different levels for all of you. You know, we have we're 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 all different. I think you all have really big hearts. Some of you are much more vulnerable, like willing to be more like less guarded with people, and so the hurt can like come. There can be like more like moments of there can be sometimes I can see myself like my like I can see you guys having experiences and be like oh these are things that I've like experienced or felt or I see something coming and I want to like got like somehow try to lessen the hurt but I think as much as possible I try to just be there through it like know let you know that it like I mean, you've taught me more about relationship, romantic relationships, than I think that I've taught you. Really? Bonus question. What have I taught you? I'm curious now. You've taught me how to, like, take care of myself and others, like, in loving ways. I think that's what I wanted to say. Like, I do not have relationships with people that I've been in. I don't have, I can't, I do not have, I'm not in, like, relationship with anyone that I used to be in a romantic relationship with. Like, I don't do that well. Like, when it's done, I'm, like, done. And part of it is, like, I, I stay in things way past their expiration date. <laughs> like, way past. So it gets, like, spoiled. 
and it feels like no way to like keep it uh, even the memory of it so it kind of like this has to be done and you are much better around like oh, yeah I don't think I it's not, this didn't go bad but I don't want this anymore and so yeah that's, I don't know you talking to her What are like the word in the question was tips? Okay. But like, what are things that you've tried to get your family, your children specifically, to participate in household chores? What are some tips to do that? Yeah. Like, what have you tried? What hasn't worked? What works? Nothing some- works. <laughs> Absolutely nothing works. I, nothing works. I think there has been moments I have tried. Remember, I was a classroom teacher for many, many years. So I have brought in, like, all of what I have learned about chores and all the things. I think um, something that we've tried recently that I think worked the, has worked well and it is something I learned in the classroom is, like, instead of, like, changing the chores all the time, like, you have this thing you're in charge of and, like, you just hold it. It's funny because that's how I was when I was a kid and I hated it. Like, I was in charge of dusting and I thought it was the most boring job ever. But it's like, you're a duster. Um, but I think that it works the best because you're not like, you just know that's your responsibility and you hold it and keep it moving. Um, chores are really hard. We yeah. have a we, we have a housekeep. Like, we have cleaning. Like, I, I, that has someone, been like, our enti- like, majority of our family history, we have had someone who came at least. Yeah, once a week. Once, maybe things. once every two weeks. Yeah. Every uh, sometimes once a month. I want to say I. Someone told me that when I first got married, like someone that says something like, you know, like, I want to suggest that you get a cleaning person if you can afford to do it. Get a cleaning person. It will save you like a lot of heartache. Um, and I think it's one of the truest things that anyone has ever said to me. I'm not particularly like the most like. Um, like, I don't enjoy cleaning. Some people enjoy the work, like, cleaning, like, washing the dishes. And I do not. But I really function best in clean spaces. And so when things are out of place, it makes me so irritable and upset. And so just knowing there's going to be, like, a reset of the house every two weeks. That's what our cycle or whatever people need has been really helpful. Um, it doesn't remove the fact that you guys have, like, things that you need to clean all the time because you have your room and you have um you make mess and (laughs) you eat food um and all those things but as much I guess one thing is like it's really hard not to become like a naggy person right and I don't I know I didn't like that as a child and I don't want that um and so just to recognize something that was really helpful to me, like something that came to me recently. I was home by myself for like three days. So you guys were away with your dad. Like everybody was away. And I was here for three days. And what I recognized in that time is like, I was okay with dishes being in the sink overnight. I didn't like fold the blanket after I sat on the couch. I didn't like, things were out of place. But because it was just me here, and no one was going to be asking me to do anything or what I didn't feel like I needed to have control of it. I was like cool with like some mess in spaces. But if 
when you guys are home, it's like, no, the dishes have to be out the sink. And so recognizing just that, like, it's an emotional thing. It's not like it doesn't have to be anyway. It's like it's about what I'm feeling. It's all about feelings kind of really helped me, like, not to create more hard feelings <laughs> because I'm having feelings. And that doesn't mean to say, like, no, I want the house to be clean. And um, I will say a tip. Set up your space in ways that make it easy to clean. Like, set up your living, your common spaces. Your bed, my bedroom is a sanctuary for me. Like, it has to be clean. If you guys are coming in it, there are very clear, like, lines and boundaries of like how you can be and use that space because I need a space in this house where it's like I know it's gonna be clean. There are definitely less ways to make your room messy than like any other house and any other room in the house. Yes. Yeah, it helps me. Like, everything has a place. There's no clutter. There's no, like, just stuff here that don't have a home. Everything has a home. And so it it's easy to clean and it's easy to keep clean. And I need that. And then the other rooms that are shared common spaces, I try to, like, minimalist. Like, there's not a lot, like, not a lot of trinkets, not a lot of things that can be out of place. Like, big furniture, like, everything has a place, space. So there's not really a lot of, it's usable. Like everything is there because of how we're going to use that space. I think a lot of that is also from classroom teaching. Like you have, you are learning how to set up spaces so that they are usable for children and also quick to clean up because you're making these transitions through your day all the time. And so I think that is helpful. Um, And yeah, I mean, those are some tips. Hi, my name is Anastasia Renee, and I am so, so grateful for Raising Rebels for the ways in which they share information that is much needed for queer Black women, for queer Black parents, and for the ways they do it, like, from the heart, not pretentious and just with so much love and so much information. Hi, my name is Latoya. And on this season of Raisin Rebels, I appreciated Nalika's transparency. It's something that's very inspiring and I can relate to her in so many ways. Hi, it's Brandy. I thank each of you for sharing your brilliant minds with us so honestly and bravely and lovingly. I appreciate you. What is a legacy you want to leave for your children? Hmm. What is the legacy I want to leave for my children? Hmm. I mean, I guess, like, what do I think about when I think of legacy? Is like, what is, like, I'm gone, but it's still here. And I think that... Like, a way of moving through the world. Like, a openness. Like, um... You know, like, remember Grandma Nalika used to say, you know, like, <laughs> you're, be loud and your people will find you. Or, like, remember, like, I want all of the lessons that I have learned over my life to be accessible to my people forever. So I want my children to be able to, like, 
tap into all of the resources, all of the connections, all of the knowledge. I want that to be my legacy. That's why like, I think I'm like doing this podcast, writing, creating art. I want you to be able to like, like hear my voice. Like I want my voice to be my legacy and that it can like carry way beyond me. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you too. I love you too. Hi, this is Coco. Um, I have just been amazed uh, and inspired by everything that I have listened to in this season of Raising Rebels. I cannot wait to listen to it again and to hear what's in store for the next season. This is Silas. And um, one of the things I've really appreciated about this season of Raising Rebels is it's met me at a time when I was um, soothing my younger self and it's, um, it served as a really, really beautiful bridge, um, for that conversation. So thank you. Can't wait for next season. This is Allegra and I'm really appreciative of the read that Carvel gave me and my ego this season on Raising Rebels. What is your greatest wish wish for your children? Belonging. Like, I I mean, I have a lot of greatest. It's like, I don't know. But I think the thing that comes to mind for me is like, we were talking about this last night, right? Like this like idea that you have a place. It is with us. It's with me. You always, so you can like go and do whatever, whatever you want to do, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to try, whatever mistake you want to make, however you want like I want you to know you have a place you have a belonging you have a grounding um because I know knowing and knowing that you can do anything like literally anything try anything yeah so you're getting all all misty misty all misty now you know like pulling my heartstrings you're pulling on all my heartstrings I know alright I'm ready these questions got so real yeah, so I know. <laughs> it happens like that on Raising Rebels oh, it, went down. it always happens like that on this podcast okay what inspired you to make Raising Rebels it's not so much a parenting question but it is something I'm a little curious about um I think I've talked about this on a podcast before I was oh my gosh I first of all I love podcasts like I've always like since I was like when people first start when like NPR, which is like a news station, um, a news pod was a news radio station started having like made an app so that you could download an episode of like you could download the radio and play it because we live in New York City and we take the train. So like I couldn't get service underground. I was like the first like, I got that app and I was like obsessed with it. Um, and I've been listening to podcasts ever like I'm I really love the medium of podcasting. And so it's always something I was like, oh, I want to have those conversations. Um yeah. And so I want to have a conversation. I want to like share information, share my experience, share like life, what I'm learning, be in conversation with people through this medium of podcasting. 
And I was having, you know, I ran a school um, and I w- through running that school, I was having a lot of conversations with black parents about um, this this tension between wanting your children to be like liberated and free and coming to terms with the like realities of their lived experience and scared for them. Like it's just fear that parents have for their children. And then what I was understanding, because at the same time I was doing a lot of work around, I've always done a lot of work around racial identity development. And what I was recognizing is that for so many, so many of us, we have internalized these white supremacist ideas of what safety is, what um, what is the path to getting the things. And so I was, as I was having this conversation with parents, I was very much like wanting to unpack where we were the cause of the oppression that we were trying to shield our children from. Like, what was our power? Um, and I don't, I didn't know it was going to lead me down this path to like really recognizing adult supremacy for what it is. And, um, but it's kind of where it's gone. And so that's where it started. And I was really, I was just like really baffled by the how people who were really advocating for liberation in so many ways couldn't recognize the place where they had so much power in the relationship with their children as a place to like allow liberation and it's and this and really honestly like making this distinction between content and context and what i mean by that is like i think a lot of people think of the ways in which you're going to create liberation for children, black children, is by what you teach them. Like, what is the content? Like, are they going to learn about Malcolm X? Are they going to learn about George Washington? You know, like, what are what are we teaching them? That is how. And for me, and maybe it's because it's my experience as like an educator, I really think I I just don't think that matters <laughs> as much as how the the context. The how, the why, the when, those are where all the oppression, that's where the liberation comes from. And that is a much harder thing to unpack than the what you teach. Because if you are teaching them about, you know, like, you know, the Black Panther Party, but you're still doing it with like grades and you know, note cards and pressure and like one view on what it, like you're still doing right, it. Wrong. Yeah, you're still doing it the same way they would teach, you know, anything other topic. It's still oppressive. Um, and I think those are the parts where I really wanted to like get into it with people. I'm Tamil from Houston, Texas, and I so appreciate um, the Choosing Family episode just because I'm at a point in my life where Chosen Family is really necessary for my survival and also my thriving. And I am trying to raise my kids in a way that they 
don't deprioritize family over their friendships and developing their friendships. And it's a fear that I have. So listening to this episode really kind of helped me navigate that in a way where I'm not thinking about it from a place of fear um, of like, oh, my kids are going to not be good siblings um, and just kind of be like, no, it's a both and. So I really, really appreciated it. This is Hope. I'm so grateful for the courageous vulnerability that was shared by Nolika and her guests on this season. This is Carvel, and I am so grateful to Raising Rebels for reminding me of the power that is available when you commit your whole self to love and liberation for your family and for your people. Do you ever feel uncomfortable talking about your kids on the podcast? <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, Let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, not as much as I should, I think. I think I usually, I, I don't. But recently we've been having a lot of conversations about how what I have said on the podcast has, has hit you guys. Like how you've received it, how you've heard it, what it... And it has given me pause in ways that I think when you were younger, I didn't consider because of adult supremacy, because I wasn't keep taking in mind, you know, like I would think things that matter to me, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like say that. Or these are places of like um, caution. But I think as, and I, and it's hard because there's a way that I think there's a lot of learning that we've gotten to do and people get to do by hearing our stories, but they are our stories. They're not just my stories. And I'm tr- I don't know what the right balance is. I know we're talking about it all the time and often, and it may be, you know, the chapter in your book where you cuss <laughs> me out. You know what I mean? Like my mother wrote this whole podcast about me. Um, I know I've heard from other guests on the podcast that their children have had like, feelings about things that they may have said about them not often but it has happened like one or two times and um and not in a and this is these things are not like bad or good but just like right these are people and they're in the world and this is part of their story and so it really does push me to have a lot of integrity about what and how like how I'm talking about you guys, how I'm allowing parents to talk about their own children. Like, I'll happen on a podcast sometimes. I'm like, whoa, whoa, like, that's not how we talk about children. You know what I mean? Or that's not, um, that happens. So, yeah, I guess that's the answer to that question. Just saying, like, we're so intertwined. Yeah. Right? Sometimes I have, I think about that with, like, grandma and grandpa, like, talking about them as my parents. Like, I'm telling my stories as a child and, like, the ways that they've, and my and, our, and my siblings, and they're it's like it's like yeah, just like try to tell it from my perspective. Like this is how I have experienced this thing with these other. I forget people. I perspectives with like our extended family so much mm-hmm. because it's not that I forget that they're human beings, but I really don't see them. Like majority of my childhood, they didn't really have lives outside of me. Like they did, 
but I was never part of those lives mm -hmm. because that's just the way like people separate children from like their whole life their whole life because they're like I don't want to tell you about my partners and I'm like why mm -hmm. and they don't really have answers yeah yeah but it is like so like for like so much of like my history their lives revolved around just us mm -hmm. and in a sense just me <laughs> right so when I'm thinking about them it like takes a bit to remember that they have like histories and they mm -hmm. have pasts mm -hmm. and when they're not with me they're out with someone else <laughs> right yeah 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 that they have friends and people they like and people they don't like yeah which just baffles me I'm yeah. like they don't like people mm -hmm. what is going on mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's it's just something I think about sometimes. Yeah, I think yes. that's really helpful for people to understand. I always say this to people: you don't understand how important, how big you are in the lives of the children that you're in community with. And I think I didn't, I didn't even know what you just said, but that makes sense. Like they don't think you exist outside of them. <laughs> you know what you I know, mean? Because like, why? You don't you. tell me that you're anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, like trope yeah. of like teachers live in the school. Yeah, yeah, like it's not like teachers are just like you know I went bowling this week. Yeah, yeah. They're just yeah. like no, I'm here. This is like my, my whole yeah thing. And I think it's so interesting because the way we talk about childrens in like thinking that the world revolves around them. Like I never thought of these two things were connected before but the way we talk about children is like this like idea that like children think the world is revolved around them because mm -hmm. that's just the way children think and it is but also a part of that is like it's, adults don't often communicate what they are experiencing outside of that lens mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. because it makes them uncomfortable mm -hmm. for a thousand different reasons so smart <laughs> no for real like you're absolutely right. That's like, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. interesting. I love interesting. it. It's like my favorite word, right? It's so interesting. It's like, I'm going to start saying that those things are so adultist. Or like, what's that word? It's like, it's uh, it's like adults are what I'm saying. That's what that is. It's not just interesting. It's it's problematic. It is. Because then you, like, it, it's problematic. It robs them of like a growing moment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here. What is a noticeable improvement you've seen in your parenting? Oh my god. Um in control. I feel like I have like like released like I'm so proud of myself and like how I have like released control um as part of like becoming a better parent, like letting things happen, letting my children like lead and do what they want to do and like just releasing control. I think I'm so much more affectionate as a parent. I think I've grown in my ability to like hug and love and cuddle and just touch and all of those things. Um, I'm going to touch you right now. <laughs> I think that I have for more mess allowed for more play allowed for more conflict just like like this releasing control all of this like all of it the work has been to release control and i think yeah gotten better at that you have mm, thank you yeah well, that's my question what do you feel like is you've seen as an improvement in my parenting oh my goodness literally last night remember something like me and my siblings get into fights and when we get into fights 
because our glory is so smart, mm-hmm. she will go to you. And I like, not like I'll gripe on you, but it is easier to discipline me and Moxie mm-hmm. than it is to discipline Glory. Mm-hmm. Because Glory, Glory is, she's wild and she doesn't like, she doesn't take anything from anyone. Mm-hmm. So when she cut and she comes to you somewhat knowing that. Mm-hmm. So we, the fight loses what the fight was originally about mm-hmm. because it becomes more of a which one of us is going to like who's fighting for mom mm-hmm. right the fight becomes less about us and becomes more about you she comes for me like not come and get me but like she like comes for me like she's it's like both right yeah. it's like she's coming the fight becomes less about like what we were fighting about mm-hmm. becomes less about our relationship mm-hmm. and becomes a lot more of like our relationship in relativity to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. She's so, so smart. I know, right? So the and it like robs a lot of like the opportunity to like grow because like when we have these fights, I go into them with the goal of like maybe we can learn something about each other. Mm-hmm. And then at least I can mm-hmm. get to a greater understanding of this person that I'm trying to be in relationship with. Mm-hmm. But that can't really happen if the fight is about you. Yeah. Because it's more about like our relationship with each other mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the relationship between the three of us, the four of us, mm-hmm. the five of us. Mm-hmm. So I remember like I asked you, I was like, can you like stop? <laughs> like, mom, can you like not get in like these fights anymore? Mm-hmm. And last night, me and Gloria had a fight, mm-hmm. and it was like not the biggest fight we have had <laughs> in the past month, but it was <laughs> no cops were called, no cops were called, but like it was mm-hmm. up there, yeah, it was up there. And I remember at the end, I came to you mm-hmm. not asking for help because the fight was over, but mm-hmm. I just needed to process my feelings, mm-hmm. and in that moment, I was able to like. Like, you were able to do what you always... Like, what I think you want to do when mm-hmm. we have these fights, which is to help. Mm-hmm. Without having to, like... And the fight still got to be about me and Gloria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got yeah. to be about our relationship. Yeah. And even though it was messy and difficult, mm-hmm. and I still cannot completely pinpoint the lesson I learned, I know that there was a lesson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know yeah. that I was able to keep that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I've seen yeah. you grow on that. Yeah, yeah. And it has been so... It's hard, yeah. It's... No, it's true though. I, I might do it because you, because Glory, Glory is like loud, and you'll be, and you're quiet. You're like you do rage. You both do rage in these different ways, but it's similar. You're feeling like you get really quiet in your voice, and then Glory will get really loud. And because Glory's getting really loud, it could, it could give the appearance that like she is overpowering you. But I know that that's actually not what's happening. You're doing your blue thing, which is like. The stealthy eyes. Yeah. The, like, psychological like, mindfulness. Oh, I know. I know. You're like a master at it. But I think <laughs> those are the things that I've learned. And that she can hold her own, too. Um, yeah. We it's like trusting you. Yeah, yeah. It's You're going to... Yeah, all the things. Just going to figure it out. It's just hard. And I have also been there. And I have had to, like... It is also, like, when Moxie and Gloria are fighting, mm-hmm. I'm, like, in a very similar position where you are. Mm-hmm. Because if I intervene, it becomes about me yeah. and not about them. them. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've had to like actively work yeah. at not participating in the fight as long as I can help. I'm and with Moxie, you. it can be a little more difficult. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's the biggest thing I think. Adults, not the biggest. I keep saying biggest, but it's one of those things that adults really need to like acknowledge and get a handle on. It's like they are so powerful, 
And if you don't recognize how powerful you are, you're just moving around like breaking shit because you're not seeing yourself as centered. You're like, no, it's not about me. No, it is. It's about you. The minute you walk in the room, it's, it's about, about you. Because and, that's just how kids are. And that that's not just how kids are. That's how privilege works. Like, if you're in a room of Black people and the white person enters, they become centered. If you're in a room of, like, queer folks and a straight person enters, they're the person who's going to get, like, they they have the power and they are going to you can have impact in, on that space. Like just, just in their sheer presence of being there, they're going to shift things. And that's why sometimes the best thing you can do when you're trying to be like an ally, when you have privilege is just to stay the fuck out of it. Don't say shit. Don't show up, stay home, mind your business, do less. And I think it's a hard thing it to recognize. It is so hard because it's like so often it feels like you're letting Rome burn. Yeah. Right? Um, you're just like, mm-hmm. I have the power. That's like how it like often feels like with my siblings. Mm-hmm. Like they're fighting and I like I have the power. Mm-hmm. I could do something. Mm-hmm. I could make it stop. And if it pops off, if it all goes awry, it's that Spider-Man thing of like, I was there, I had the power and I did nothing. That's so a, that, yeah, that's right? A, yeah, yeah lie yeah you know it's a it's a lie like because what it doesn't acknowledge is like everybody has power they're just they're not being allowed to exercise their power because of you (laughs) because of you and if you would shut the fuck up they would tap into their own power and they would figure their shit out their power would feel like not feel but would would be bigger because it wouldn't have to be in comparison to yours Tell them the things. Yes, that part. That mm-hmm. part. Exactly right. Do you have more for me? I think I want to do like one finishing question okay. about more like your childhood. Okay, right. I'm ready. Okay. So we're gonna what, end with my childhood. Yes, we're gonna end with your childhood. Okay. What is your favorite thing about the way you were parented? Hmm. Thank you for that question. And thank you for that question. Courtesy of Moxie. Oh, Moxie. I love a lot of things about the way I was parented. Um, I think my father, like, just being with him, I felt so loved. So I really, like, appreciated that. Like, I was, like, I felt so seen and so loved and so like wanted such a like feeling of belonging and wanted and like I really appreciated that and it was a sense of like adventure like I feel like I was raised with this sense of adventure like go try things we're gonna go in the ocean we're going to like fix this car right now inside like just like just like adventure like this kind of which I really appreciated um, and a lot with, with, with my mother, like so much intimacy, like I was raised with a lot of like, like a lot of intimacy, like I was known and I was allowed to know my mom, like in very intimate ways. We cried together. We laughed together. A lot of laugh. We laugh a lot. Like I grew up with a lot 
of laughing, like a lot of fun. Like we had a lot of fun. Fun was a big part of my like childhood. I feel like my siblings, they always looked out for me. Like um, Auntie Audrey was like, if, if I needed her, like if something happened, um, she would show up. And she parented me that way. Like, she took me with her places. Like, she would, like, you know what I mean? Maybe it's the only way, like, a big sister can or a big brother or, big, like, an older sibling can is decided, like, they know you're big before you know you're big. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, we can go to the club. You can, like, come and hang out with me at these people. Like, you're big. <laughs> you're like, am I big enough to be doing this? Um, and because I'm with you, I am. And I think that Auntie Siobhan parented me by, like, she made me feel capable. Like, she made me feel like I grew up my, I was like, like, she was wild. She was going to, when she was like, I'm going, you taking me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you, are we going and you got to take me so you can do this let's go and so a lot of those things like has carried me through my life and it's also like how I parent you you know what I'm saying I'm about um, to say, mom your amazing parts of your childhood sound like my amazing parts of my child oh good oh yay well that's their legacy yeah. that's their legacy that's all that's that's those people those are those people who and then there are other people who um like, so many people parented me. So many people parented me. And across the board, like, they made me feel like like a human being. Like, they made me feel, like, throughout my life, all the people who parented me made me feel valued, um, worthy. And so, yeah. Yeah. Rebel in the morning, rebel in the evening, in the spirit of this season of Raising Rebels, do you have any questions for me? I've already asked you quite a few questions on this episode. Um, but something that's coming to mind is like, what has it been like for you to listen to Raising Rebels? I mean, you're like... Yeah, you're like the, you listen to, like, you're the, I don't even know what to call it. Like, you're the producer, you're the editor, you're the subject, you're the host. Yeah, I'm wondering what it's been like for you. My goodness, so, I remember getting so excited about Raising Rebels. Mm. I don't even know, I barely remember why. But I do know I was really excited because when it came out, I was yelling that it came out to literally every single person I came across. <laughs> like, it came out, and I would be like, Raising Rebels is out! And they'd be like, so happy for you, what is that? Mm -hmm. And then I would tell them, like, we like to joke that, like, you were the promoter of Raising Rebels. Yeah. Like, we would go into restaurants, and you would, like, hand out stickers, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, like, I have also been that person, mm -hmm. just not in, like, circles that we're all in. Mm -hmm. And now... It is my story. Mm. Like, it is 
Like, there's an episode this season where we talk about archives. Like, this is my archive. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to... Look, when I grow up, I get to listen back to these. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right? And listening to them has helped me heal. And it has helped me see you in new and beautiful ways. Mm -hmm. And it has helped seen myself. And there is something magical about hearing your parents say kind things about you when you're not in the room mm. right because mm -hmm. when you're with them sometimes mm -hmm. it feels like that thing of just like are you just saying this to me because you're my mom mm -hmm. but when you're just praising me to other human beings there's something that like I can hear how much you love me in the way you pronounce every single word <laughs> right I do. And I get, like, I I've you. no, like, days where I'm sad, and I'm like, you know what I really need right now? I need my mom. Mm -hmm. But you're in a space where you can't give that to me, mm -hmm. or you're just not around. Mm -hmm. I put on the, the podcast. Oh, wow. And I listen, and I'm there sitting with Mooney, our dog, yeah. and we just get to listen and imagine that you're next to us. Oh, yeah. Saying these sweet things. And sometimes I imagine, like, when you're gone... I'm going to have that. Mm. I'm going to get to go Aww. back and I'm going to get That's to hear so you talking. Nice. Thank you, Blue. That feels so... That feels so, so nice. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you so much, Blue. All right. That's we it. We did it. We did it. Oh, my God. I'm All so right. proud. <laughs> Stand up, bussing and fighting. Raising Rebels is produced by Queer Media, a family production company specializing in audio and visual art through a black queer lens. This was edited by Marcelino Van Callias at La Femme Productions. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Raising Rebels Pod or email us at RaisingRebels at QueerMedia.co.y. Thank you for listening to Raising Rebels. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.